hello once again. Welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyke. And with me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm right here. And, of course, the lovely, the brain, Emily Merkel. Hello, hello. How are we doing today, guys? Good. All right, guys. Episode 16. We have so many things to go over. Um, it's going to be a heavy NFL, heavy wrestling day, guys. We'll talk about the Pistons another time. Every time we talk about them, it seems like they go on a five-game losing streak, so I'm not going to jinx them. We're not talking Tigers yet because we don't know the final rosters from spring training. I know. Be mad at me. Sue me. Make a comment. I get it. And we're obviously not going to talk about the Wings because, well... What's there to talk about at this point? We'll, we'll talk about them more when the draft comes. Lose for Hughes, my friends. Lose for Hughes. Um, but we've got a lot of stuff to go over. NFL free agency. We did a quick hitter episode le- earlier this week um, about about the Lions free agency, the first 24, 48 hours of their moves. We're going to talk now about the whole league as a whole. We're going to talk about those big wide receiver trades for Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, as always, we have the Merck Zone Mock Draft Corner. And, of course... We're going to go over WWE's Fastlane uh, pay-per-view and the Ring of Honor 17th anniversary show. So that's what we're going to be hitting in this week's episode. Um, guys, let's jump right into it. NFL free agency, lots of money being thrown around here. Um, lots of teams making a lot of big moves here in the first wave. We've kind of This is kind of like the end now mm-hmm. of the first big wave right after that. It, yeah. It's going to die down. We'll see some sporadic signings, but nothing super you know, groundbreaking, I guess, mm-hmm. is the best way of putting that until probably after the draft. Um, what do you guys love most about free? I love free agency. It's like the beginning mm-hmm. of the new year. It's new hope. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like the Lions Super Bowl every year, the draft and free agency. But Mike, I'll start with you. What What do you love most about free agency? If you can pinpoint it, is it just the excitement of it, like the new year, the possibilities? What is it for you? I think yeah, it's just the excitement of you see all these new guys, especially this year in yeah. particular. Right, you get all these new faces. Like you get. The excitement for like Trey Flowers, Jesse James, you get all these guys coming in. You're like, wow, look at this team that we have, right? Like on paper, and that's the only way you can really look at it is mm-hmm. on paper until you start watching more of the summer training yep. and the preseason stuff. Absolutely. But on paper, and then once you go to the draft even, and we start getting those guys, mm-hmm. then you go, wow, on paper, this is how we look, and we actually don't look that bad. Or right. wow. We look like 0-16 again. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the two, but it's always a good time to be around. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to ask you the same question. What is it about free agency? Is it just for us to talk about it all the time? And I know how much you love sports talk all the time, every day. We were just talking about it. Every waking moment of your day is about sports. Or, I mean, just tell me just generically, what what do you like about it? Is it just because I'm in a better mood most of the time is when the Lions sign somebody I want? Well, you're either in a better mood or you're in a worse mood. So Good point. It just kind of Good point. Good point. Going Depending on. on the season, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's exciting. It's it's fun to see people, you know, get moved around and try to figure out like what this one person is going to do, how it's yep. going to impact the team, and mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the league in some in some regards, and, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, especially if they're going, you know, from one team where they're a key player to another team. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's fun in that regard. I I will say sometimes I look forward to the end of free agency. Ouch. Wow. Wow. That's hurtful. I felt that a little bit. I'm sure our viewers are excited for us to talk about something other than football all the time at one point, too. (laughs) That's where you're wrong. That's why they're rats. That's that's why you're not hosting this show. We know what what you want. We know. (laughs) All right, but keeping on topic, though, a lot of guys, you know, moved around, like Em said. A lot of teams made a lot of splash moves. Um, a lot of big names that we never really thought would be on a different team now all of a sudden are going to be in different uniforms uh, coming in the fall. And I'm going to start with you. What? Give me a team that you think dramatically improved. over. The, I'm not talking Super Bowl because you don't win championships in March, but give me a team that you think 
definitely was like, wow, they, they made a several key acquisitions where you're like, okay, like that you can see kind of a vision forming there for a specific team. I don't know about the most improved, but the one I most care about. Yeah. I feel like the Lions made some good decisions. Yeah. I was proud. It's nice when the hometown boys make good decisions. Trey Flowers, <laughs> Justin Coleman, Jesse yep. James. Yep. Some some pretty big may, names. People we were kind of, some of them we were thinking might come to the Lions. Mm -hmm. Good decisions. So I think that hopefully improved their game. Hopefully with a good draft and a right. few more free agency things. Mm -hmm. That'll maybe push us to the point where we win a playoff game. Uno. That's what we can Jeez. hope. Yeah, we, we can hope. We can hope here. One yeah. playoff game. I, I That's might, all I, I ask. might cry on air if I come on. If we come in like next year this time and we win a playoff game, I might be like opening the shot. Be like, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> one playoff game. We beat Dallas. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but sorry, Uncle Jeff. But <laughs> but uh, no, I think you're absolutely correct. Though I think the Lions address some needs. Right. I, I feel like the way they structure some of their contracts. Uh, there's some there's some other moves to be made I think mm -hmm. coming up here I I, I mm -hmm. feel a trade is coming somewhere I just I kind of mm -hmm. have a thought there with the okay. amount of money they have I don't know I obviously it's something to monitor My, Mike same question give me a team that you think outside of Detroit that you think really kind of improved their stock one way or the other well I have I have one of both okay so do you want me to throw both of them at yeah, you right yeah, now go for it Okay, so my team that I think improved the most yeah. is the New York Jets. Okay, yep. Now we look at that team, and I, I love Sam Darnold, mm -hmm. first of all. I thought the Browns not taking him number one was kind of a was crazy. poor decision. Yeah. Maybe maybe a crazy decision. Maybe not poor, because Baker's been pretty well for them. Yeah. Uh, probably a poor decision. but um, Or the Giants I, not taking him either. Yeah, or too. the Giants not Ooh. taking him either. Uh, so I love Sam Darnold out of USC. Yeah. Then when you pick up Le'Veon Bell, even though you... I don't know for what he does right now, mm -hmm. if you overpaid or underpaid for him, yeah. but you paid a lot for him. Yep. But getting Le'Veon Bell, now you actually have a running game. Mm -hmm. Now you can incorporate some receivers in there. Mm -hmm. And then on the defensive side of the ball, getting a guy like C.J. Mosley changes the defense completely. Absolutely. They he always had Anthony Barr, too. I know. He's a, those two guys, if they got both of them, but yeah. especially because you got C.J. Mosley, right. you were a game-changing defense now just with that one player added yep. onto your team. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely love what they did there. On the flip side... I actually absolutely hated what the New York Giants did yeah. in this time. And reason being, I don't have a problem with them trading Odell necessarily. And right. I guess we're going to get into it when we talk about the receiver trades. Yeah. But re-signing him to a long contract and then, and then him trading him, makes no now sense. you have $20 million in just dead money that you can't use because you're trading, you're paying him. Yep. To you're not paying, play on your team. To not even play on the team. Yep. Now you're paying Eli like $20 million yep. this year to play. So that's $40 million guy, dollars in a 38-year-old quarterback right. and a guy not even on well, your team Well, and you think about it too, what the Giants could have had, right? You could have let Eli go, save cap space, drafted Darnold. Instead of, not that Saquon's not good. It's not about that. It's the point that yeah. Saquon's at a position where it's not a premium anymore. Mm -hmm. it's, you don't need a, a three-down running back. To be successful, yeah. you don't really. Even even if you wanted to, though, you didn't even. You can get rid of Eli to have a backup. You can yeah. get some mm -hmm. some guy. Even though you you were bad last year, right? You could have got rid of at least Eli. There was a plan. Yeah, at least yeah. there would be there's, a plan. You draft no someone plan. this year, but there, yeah, there's yeah, no there's plan. no plan for that team. Yeah, I I like what the Jets did. I thought if you know Anthony Barr thing that kind of fell through, obviously on them. But as a team that's always been kind of rebuilding and has had a lot of cap space, yeah. I think they did a hell of a job. Another team that I thought really addressed some needs were the Raiders. I know they've been getting. A lot of flack. They traded Cleo Mag, traded um, uh, uh, what's this guy from Dallas? Um, Amari Cooper. Cooper. There we go. It escapes me. He's dead to me because he plays for Dallas now. But um, signing Trent Brown, right? Left tackle. Uh, Lamarcus Joyner coming in. Tyrell Williams and Antonio Brown. That's a lot of 
great pieces yeah. there that you really address. You gave Derek Carr some weapons if he's going to be your quarterback. LaMarcus Joyner's a hell of a safety. Trent Brown's going to anchor that offensive line for years to come, you're hoping, as long mm-hmm. as it's not the Damian Woody syndrome. Um, I really like what they did. I really like what the Browns did. They signed Sheldon Richardson. They traded for Olivier Vernon. Obviously, the Odell Beckham trade, which we'll hit on in a second, but a lot of things that they did, they surrounding Baker with more talent, yeah. right? I think that... Um, with Jarvis Landry now, I think that it's just gonna be it's gonna be stupid, you know. Even when Kareem Hunt comes back after that eight game suspension, that offense is gonna be stacked. It's it's either gonna go one or two ways for Cleveland. It's either gonna be really successful or it's gonna blow up in an epic, epic fashion. You know what I mean? And it, that's just something where it's mm-hmm. something it's so intriguing because they haven't been good in so long. Yeah. Where you're just like you almost want it to be good, but at the same time, like, no, screw you, Cleveland. I don't want you guys to be good. No, no. you're supposed to be the laughing stock of the league. So, I love that. Yeah, right? There's a lot of things, right, that you can say, you know, that there's a lot of meat on the bone there for Cleveland now mm-hmm. to, for them to get excited about. Um, give me a contract, though, out of all these big names that have signed, uh, of one team that they're going to regret, right? And I'm going to start with you. Give me, give me one contract that everyone's just going to go, like, year three, where you're just like, man, this is really a massive boulder in our salary cap where it's just tanking our chances right now. <sighs> Let's think of some dollars. I think Landon Collins probably, he had a pretty big, hefty contract going out to to Washington. Yep. They could change mm-hmm. their name one day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, political. <laughs> Trey Flowers was expensive, but as a yes. Lions fan, I'm hoping that you yes. know mm-hmm. that works out for us. Yep. But I want to say I, I'm gonna go with Landon Collins. I yeah, think he's mm-hmm. the biggest one. I, I was trying to think of big numbers in my mind. Right. Well, Landon I mean, Collins. five years, eighty-four million for a safety, right? And now he's not a box safety. That's a that's a complete player right there. Landon Collins is at the end of the day, right? If he yeah. came to Detroit, no one in Detroit can say they're upset with that contract just because Landon Collins. If he came to Detroit, people would have done backflips. So mm-hmm. let's not let's not. But I agree with you though that. I think the reason why that contract is so is is bad in a lot of people's mind is Washington always does this. Washington will go out and spend, right? They, you know, the Albert Hainsworth situation. They gave him a hundred million dollars, and he was terrible. So it's just Washington to me is a team that has no direction. They're all right. We're gonna sign Landon Collins. We have no idea why. We're just yeah. gonna go do it because that's a thing, you know. They have they don't have big name wide receivers. They don't have a quarterback anymore. They don't have a run game. They don't have anything. So they just they have a bad nickname, a bad logo, and they have to run by a, a bad owner poor basically. Direction. Yeah, it's poor direction. A lot of poor direction. Pretty much. Across the board, if we're really thinking about it, you know what I mean. So I, I agree with you, Mike. Give me, give me a contract that a team probably, you know, midway through is going to be like, "Whoa, this is a rough go." <laughs> Lol. Um, <laughs> my bad contract, and this is going to go against a lot. Yeah. Uh, Nick Foles to Jacksonville, I'm getting with paid you. all that money. I agree with I you. I am 100%. not a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Reason why? Um, he hasn't played a whole season. Yep. To the playoffs yet? Yep. You know the year he both last two years mm-hmm. Carson Wentz played. Got them basically to the playoffs and then got hurt. Mm-hmm. Where Nick Foles only had to win three games to get there. Right. You put almost any quarterback in that situation, and probably about half of them can succeed in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just have to win three games. Yeah. And I'm a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Now and then he got hot also at the right time too. Of course. Where he was like on fire through those last three games too. Yeah. So I, it all just worked out for him. I don't think that him on that team. It's not set up for him no, per se. No. Um, they don't have many receivers. Leonard Fournette is either always injured and or doesn't look like he wants to play there all he's the in, time. He's been ineffective. And his offensive line is not the best. Nope. Um, so and the defense is good, but it's I don't think Nick Foles can put him over the edge 
I think he's about where Blake Bortles is, in my opinion. Oof. But that's, well, that's a really hot take. That's really but here's rough. the thing. I don't necessarily disagree with you that it's a bad move. I do think he's an upgrade over Bortles, but not enough to warrant that, that amount yeah. of money. And I think with the problem that Jacksonville is, you signed Blake Bortles to an extension last year just to cut him. You've got you know, $15, 16 17 $18 million of dead cap now mm-hmm. just to a guy who you're paying not to play for you. You know, It's a New York Giants situation all over again. Yeah. And then you're going to pay an over-30 quarterback who did not look good last year in the regular season looked good in his playoff game and a half you know mm-hmm. that he played in so you're paying 88 million with the potential for it to be even more if he plays out to his incentives which i guess if you're jacksonville you're hoping that is but i agree with you i think that 88 million dollars for a guy who truly has never been able with that without that stretch of games has not been able to prove that he is a legitimate starting quarterback to be consistent in this mm-hmm. league i agree with you i think another guy that could possibly really be to anchor that team down. In all honesty, I, I have two. Number one is Le'Veon Bell, right? He's he's a he's a running back. That's my that's my reasoning, right? Is mm-hmm. that he's going to be the bell cow for them? I understand that they signed Jamison Crowder in in New York. You know, you have uh, Robbie Anderson there, so you have some pieces, but. It's Le'Veon Bell's show yeah. at this point, right? With Darnold, you know, being able to sling yeah. it. But Le'Veon Bell is going to be... Yeah, the only reason I, would, I wasn't going to go there is because with him as a first year, like after mm-hmm. his rookie year, it's his first or yeah. second season, I guess you could right. say. Le'Veon, like, just gives you that extra push. Oh, yeah, that, no, like, I don't you know think it's I mean? a bad like, signing. I, I just for think what that, yeah. For what he's going to be used for and what he's going to do, I right. think it was right. And right. if he produces what he did in Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh yeah. I think it's I think yeah. it's like a perfect amount I don't, I don't, him. I don't think it's so much a bad signing. I just think the, the amount of money, right, that mm-hmm. he got compared to the position that he plays, I don't think yeah. that equates. I think CJ Mo- I think the Jets are like the Lions. You're going to have to overpay to get stars here, right? Yeah. You don't have a ha- you don't have a track record of winning, you're not on the cusp of the Super Bowl, so you have to pay, mm-hmm. right, to get these people. Yeah. But I think that could be something where one injury and you're just like, "Whoa," or, you know, a oh, couple yeah. of strings of bad games and everyone's going to be like, "Well, well, we're paying our running back, you know, 15 million dollars." Mm-hmm. I think another guy too, Quan Alexander, linebacker, uh, who got signed by the San Francisco 49ers. I don't get that signing no. at all. I think John Lynch has no idea what he's doing. He's been blessed to have a lot of cap space the past two seasons, and you don't see any semblance of a plan. You trade for Garoppolo, he goes down. You, you've got three running backs now who are making tons of money. You got Brita, you got uh, McKinnon, and you've got uh, Tevin Coleman, all who are going to be making upwards of the same amount of money that Le'Veon Bell is going to be making. <laughs> you don't have any real receivers. You don't have, I mean, you got Kittle. And then your defense, you signed a whole bunch of defensive linemen who haven't panned out with the exception of Buckner. Solomon's not good. You missed on Reuben Foster. Your secondary is not any better than it's been, even with Richard Sherman back there. And you traded for D Ford. So I don't know what the 49ers are doing. I like the 49ers, but John Lynch just looks like a guy who's going out there and spending money to spend money. Yes. But he's got no idea what he's going to do. I'm going to get all these big names, but I've got no clue. I've got no clue what yeah. I'm doing. You paid Garoppolo... You know, three hundred million dollars for six starts and you know yep. nine touchdowns. So don't gotta get the fans interested. Right? Somehow, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's my thing, right? <laughs> so I just that one doesn't make any sense. You, you can't. You signed a guy coming off an ACL injury, lots of missed tackles. You know, in the it's in, he's an inside linebacker at the end of the day. So yeah. it's not like Tampa Bay was really bummed out to lose him. Let's put it that way. And Tampa Bay sucks too. All right, let's move on now to the wide receiver trades. Right, Antonio Brown going from Pittsburgh. To Oakland or Vegas, whatever the hell you want to call them. Princess Antonio Brown. Right, pretty much, yeah. For a third and a fifth round pick, which is bananas. And then obviously Odell Beckham going to the Browns from the Giants for first round, third round, and Michigan's own Jabril Peppers. So 
Both trades terrible in their own right. Yep. Um, and I'll start with you. Give me what's the outcome for for Antonio Brown in Vegas? Is this going to be a happy marriage for him, or is this going to be two years down the line and it's going to be a complete disaster? I don't know. He's a big bubba. Hell <laughs> yeah. I mean, like he's a ta- he's a talented football player. Absolutely, like, but Absolutely. I don't. No I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm just curious to see how his attitude and mm. desire to be a team player plays out over the long run. Well, he got paid again too, so maybe he might be okay for a couple years. You know, yeah. he got you got re- he got getting thirty million dollars a year. I think I'd be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It could work. It might not. With him, it's more of an attitude thing than a skill thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like maintaining, absolutely. You know, a focus, but he did get paid, so. Right. I, Mike, now give me the give me the other side of that, right? Because I do think it's neither it's going to be really successful with Gruden there, or it's going to be a dumpster fire. Yes. I'm towards the dumpster fire camp. You're, but, t- you're towards the dumpster fire. Yeah, I am. Too. Okay. Yeah, just because I don't think Derek Carr is going to be the guy Trash to get him fire. there. Yes. And so I think that that's where they're going to be hindered, and I think that albatross mm-hmm. of a contract is okay. hard to move for them. But I think I think they'll be better than yeah. that they were last year. That's not really a question. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're going to be where they think they're going to be i guess well yeah i would agree with that yeah also it doesn't help that they're in probably one of the stronger divisions that's my other point too right because when you have to go against the chiefs twice chargers twice even the broncos twice with their defense Mm -hmm. and a big fan joe coming in yeah like you're kind of looking at like give me yeah give me what you give me what the steelers the fall for the steelers is going to be then though right so you lost brown you lost bell you haven't done anything to replace Mm -hmm. either guy so what, what have you okay. got? I mean, so, what, what do you think? You're, if you're a Steelers exec right now, where are you at? I think you're in a tough. You're in a tough spot, but you also just accumulated a decent amount of draft picks too. And not, yeah. I guess, not really. I mean, a third and a fifth or yeah. whatever. But I think you, they're good at drafting. They're one of the better draft teams. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you found a guy like Juju Smith. Yeah, He's, I agree. I think I think they were so they were more okay getting with Antonio Brown because they had Juju there. Yeah, they have Connor so, too, for and the they Le'Veon have Connor. Bell role. And right. So they have like they had these guys that were like Connor played amazing last year too when Le'Veon was out. Yep. So you have these guys that are like, hey, they can play almost as well, and we're paying them less yeah. than these big name guys. Mm-hmm. If they can keep drafting well. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to spend a lot in free agency because of how good they are at that. So I don't think they're going to hinder too much. I actually have a very hot take on this. Okay. But we're going to save it for a little bit later. Oh, a little bit later. Oh. Yes. Okay, well, all right. Now, obviously, Odell Beckham, right? First, third, and Jabril Peppers for ODB. But, M, same question. The Browns now have Jarvis Landry, have Baker, have Odell, have Nick Chubb, have Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. all on that offense now, right? And David Njoku at tight end. Mm-hmm. So... They they look like they're going to make a run. Do they make a run? Is this going to be beneficial for them? Right? He ODB said he already wants a new contract. So I, I, for me, I, it's like, is there enough balls? To, you seem like you want to chomp at the bit. You want to flip rolls for this one? You really kind of. Okay. This is where right. my hot take comes. Hold on. Hold tight, on. <laughs> hold tight. I'll ask you about the dumpster fire that is the New York Giants here in five seconds. Ooh, all right, Mike. All right, go too. ahead, Mike. What, what do you? What's the outcome for the Cleveland Browns? I don't even think they make the playoffs next year. What? No, come on. No, nope. are you serious? I'm 100 serious. I don't with think everything I don't... that Baltimore lost, mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh has one receiver on the roster right now. <laughs> At least it feels like it. Yeah. And I I think this whole thing is gonna blow up for the Browns more than it's gonna help. Really? For I don't know what the inkling. Actually, for one, I don't think their defense. No. Their D line got like, right. good. Their secondary, but their secondaries beat up. Secondaries I agree up, with that. And their linebackers aren't even nope. that, like Jamie Collins. You still got there. And no, stuff, no, like, he's gone too. They called oh, yeah, him he too. Gone. So they yeah. have yeah. They I, literally right, have, I agree they have nothing you. in yep. the in the far two levels. I agree with you. So if you can just like 
from an analytical, you, yeah. if you quick pass everything, mm-hmm. you're going to take the D-line out of the game, and then what do you, like, if you play the Patriots, what are you going to do? They're right. just going to dink and dunk you, and you got nothing to stop them Absolutely. there. Absolutely. No doubt. Now, no doubt. Now, you have the advantage of the offense of being so good, but at the same time, as we see in football, though, offenses don't get you very far. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, it's very have, rare that the number one offense wins the championship. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean... I I actually like Baltimore's chances at winning. Really? Mm-hmm. Of all the teams you could have picked in the division, their, they lost always, everybody. They're a very solid defense, though, always. Oh, yeah. So, like, For sure. Earl Thomas going to um, Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Earl Thomas just, I think that will make that Well, it's like clearly an upgrade over Eric. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I, I just, I have that inkling that somehow Lamar's going to find a way. Possibly. To, to run Possibly. the team. Because they had troubles against some teams. Mm-hmm. But through the regular season, they didn't have much struggle, struggles at all since right. he came in. I think yeah. they were at six and one since yeah, he started. If, yeah, if Lamar can really understand how to pass efficiently mm-hmm. at the you know at this yeah. level, I think that I agree with you with the, with the amount he, of athleticism he if has. If he doesn't get hurt, his read option and mm-hmm. his ability to move out of the pocket, no one's going to be able to contain him enough. I don't mm-hmm. think to. Yeah. I think he's going to win games basically running for two hundred yards and throwing for fifty. That's okay. kind of thing. Yeah, not yeah. turning the ball over because and then if you have a good defense and you have a good defense, you maintain clock. Yeah. I agree. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But the I only problem with the Browns, I feel like, is there's not enough balls to go around there. Too. Those are yeah. a lot of volatile personalities, and I don't think Freddie Kitchens is the answer at yes. head coach either. Like we've seen it. Like even with the Rams, right? The Sean McVay thing. You're gonna really see how good the Rams and Jared Goff are this year yes. because now you're in year three of this experiment. First year, wow, look at Sean McVay. Second year, okay, they had this super team. Third year, okay, how many times do you reinvent the wheel? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's going to be a similar situation for, for Cleveland and the yeah. and the Baker-Freddie yeah. Kitchens mean, combination. You had Odell complaining the whole time in New York about not getting the ball enough, and now right. you got Jarvis over here and you got two great yeah. running backs. And Njoku, too. Yeah, so, so I, yeah. where you gonna, how many times are you going to throw the ball to Odell? And then Jarvis is going to be like, hey, where about me? And right. all these guys are going to – I think it's just going to be – a lot of money. Too, I think, I think it's just going to be start going down. Even their offensive line got worse because they had to trade their guard, yep, their Zima. best yep. player, to get Olivia Vernon. Yep. So – I yeah, just, I just don't see it working out to me. Maybe I'm, I'm very, completely wrong, yeah, but that's my hot take to for see. today. I'm very excited about that. All right, and give me then the status of the Giants and their outcome, right? Like you said, they got an additional first-round pick. They got a back-end third-rounder and Jabril Peppers, which is meh. But at the same time, you know, uh, they've cleared Odell after the season, right? He'll be gone. I mean, give me, give me your thoughts. If you're the Giants executive... I mean, are you happy with this? Where, what is your plan going in? Are you just going to hand the ball off to Saquon Barkley 45 times and oh, yeah. hope he breaks three runs for touchdowns? Um, that might actually be their plan. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good one. I'm just saying that sounds like what we're what we're getting to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's in the water over there in New York and what's yeah, happening out there. That's a little bit. I don't want any of it, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no New York water. Um, no, no I don't. I don't necessarily think it's a great... From a financial perspective, I'm never a fan of having an asset on your books that you're not using. So right. absolutely. It's mm-hmm. just like a really goofy thing. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're trying to like do some odd rebuilding effort by... Well, what's, yeah, well, what's weird, right? Like, is that but they, it feels like a rebuild, but they say they're not rebuilding. I feel like they realized that they wanted to rebuild really late. Because if they would have known last year if they yeah. wanted to rebuild, they could have got Landon Collins out. For and got something stuff, and got stuff back something. for him. Yeah. You wouldn't have re-signed Odell, and after this year, you would. I really think Janoris Jenkins is gonna get traded, mm-hmm. and I kind of hope it's here. 
Maybe. He's going to whisper on the microphone for that one. But no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a possibility. But I think I think they're just going to try to run with Saquon yeah. all year because they did trade yeah, for the guard. they're going to kill that young man. So, yeah. I know. They're gonna, he's Unfortunately, going to get hurt, though. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. Gonna, he's going no, to die there. But yeah, it's, Sorry, it's, Saquon. We like... No, no. Yeah, it, it yeah. is what it is. You're yeah. a Penn State. Maybe, they, maybe they're maybe they're just gonna try to suck <laughs> so bad they get the number one overall pick and take whatever quarterback that they hope. As long as Trevor Lawrence isn't in the draft, I'm fine with that. I don't think he can be right. He's only oh no, yeah, he's, so he's got one more year anyway. That's where you know whatever. That's a that's a that's a three year down the road. We'll see you back here in three years for that for that episode. But all right, guys, that's gonna be it for part one of episode 16. Coming back out of the break, we got the Mark Stone mock draft. We got yeah, Fast we Lane. We got Ring of Honor 17th anniversary show. All of that and some more great analysis coming your way for part two stick around hey guys the mouth of michigan just reminding you once again that we are on spotify itunes stitcher tune in radio google play music and all your favorite streaming services but i want to talk to you about episode sponsorship i'm sure you've heard some of our sponsors tracy st james from travelmation.net among others who have sponsored individual episodes of the i'm always right sports podcast uh, team, if you want to be a sponsor, you want to be, a, you want to have your product, your business promoted on the show here live every single Monday. Please give us a shout out. Please hit us up in the comments. Send us an email at the IAR Broadcast Media at gmail.com. Please send us an email. Give us a proposal. We would love to promote your product, your growing brand, just like we are every single week on the air. Once again, IAR broadcastmedia at gmail.com. Now here's part two of episode 16 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. All right, welcome back to part two of episode 16 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Let's jump right into it. The Merckxill Mock Draft, we do it every single week leading up to the NFL Draft every year. It's a tradition here on the I'm Always Right Sports yes. Podcast. All right, Mike, once again, give me your mock draft. Give me whoever it is. While you're, while you're getting that up, though, I do want to address one of the mock drafts that we saw earlier in the week by CBS Sports, where it had the Lions trading up to get Dwayne Haskins. Now, I'm not going to go into a 35-minute rant. We don't got that kind of time. But here's what I will say. If you are a Lions fan and you really think about what that means, you take a quarterback within the top 10, knowing that you have Matthew Stafford. No, you cannot get rid of Matthew Stafford for the next two seasons, right? What does that do for you? What does that do? If you truly think that this team is a rookie quarterback away from winning a championship, you're out of your mind. I just want to get that out of here right now. Because Dwayne Haskins is not the answer, folks. Okay? It's not. It's not the thing. We're not the Giants. Okay? We're not Miami. We're not Cincinnati. Okay? We're not. You're closer than you've ever been. I know the record last year doesn't say it, but you are. You're literally the closest you've been since 1991, which is the last time you won a playoff game. So please, get off that soapbox. I beg of you. I promise your life will be so much better once you realize what you have here today. Okay, sorry. I had to get it out of the way. It's just, it just frustrates the heck out of me when I, when I hear that stuff. Like trading up, giving away more assets to get a guy who's not going to help you and when you are have a top 10 pick is ugh, so maddening. Okay. But okay. All right, give me your mock draft. Hope I'll wow. be a little happier so with So Rob was... Really going off the rails there for a second, guys. So. <laughs> I, I had to. I'm sorry. It's just right. had to address it. So I'm, this is from DraftSite.com. I'm holding my hand. I'm freaking out. Just just, just brace me. Okay. okay. So we're going to go through the top five like <laughs> usual. Yep. So number one, Arizona keeps it, and they're picking Kyler totally. Murray. Yep. No surprise cool. there. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco. He's 5'6", by the way. <laughs> 
He didn't. He didn't want to. He didn't want to get it. it. Yeah, he didn't want to get it. Um, San Francisco picks. Joey Bosa. Nick Bosa. Yeah, that's what I meant. Whatever. Okay, cool. They're cool. all. They're, they yeah. look the same. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, Bosa. The New York Jets pick three. Here's the thing though about the Bosa thing though, just real quick. They just traded for D Ford. You've got Solomon Thomas and DeForest Buckner, and then you're gonna go draft Bosa. Like I don't, I don't disagree that Bosa is probably yeah. the best prospect in the draft, but how many defensive ends slash pass rushers? Can, I know you can never get enough, but you only put so many on the field at the same time. So I, just, to me, it's just well, that just basically means Solomon Thomas was a wasted pick a year or two years ago. Whatever. Sorry. It's so just, number three, the New York Bob Jets Josh pick Allen. Josh Allen. Bam. All right. Number four, Oakland picks. Ooh, Devin White. Mont- no, Quinn Millions. Montez Sweat. What? Yep. Oh my god. Right. Okay, so that takes one off the Lions board then. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Quinn Williams still on the board though. Okay. Yep. Number number five, Tampa Bay takes Devin White. Jawan Taylor, offense tackle Florida. Okay. It doesn't necessarily shock me. Uh, it's a little surprising because, like I said, they did just lose Quan Alexander. I know that, but they have Lafonte David, I guess. But yeah. so number six, the New York Giants will pick. I would like. I would say it's, it's Haskins, but now reading reports that they're not going to that they're not even looking at Haskins. Drew Locke? Well, this one has Dwayne's Haskins. Oh, okay. So. All right. Okay. Well, it, it, maybe that's a smokescreen too. Obviously, it everything that comes out now is just a big smokescreen. And then Jacksonville number seven picks. DK Metcalf. Quinn and Williams. No. <laughs> so I'm, you got to think though, right? In Jacksonville, you you've got all the defensive linemen, right? Even mm-hmm. with Malik Jackson gone, you still have all these guys. You took Taven Bryan last year. Nope, you're gonna take defense, right? Your offense is terrible. You just signed Nick Foles with a big contract. No, we're not gonna give him weapons. Why would we do that? No. We can't run the ball or throw. It's so, great. So now we're at number eight. Lions all right. So Devin, pick. so Devin keeps the pick. Okay, Devin White's still on the board. Green Williams is still on the board. Um. Drawing on the Emily cynicism here. And uh, I'm going to go, yeah, I guess go Devin White because they're going to be stupid about it. You are wrong. I'm wrong? At Oliver. Okay, I'm okay with that. That 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 makes me feel a little bit better because if, if Oliver goes there, that means he can play inside, plays outside. Mm-hmm. You really, you're basically embracing the fact that, okay, the defensive line is going to create pressure, we're going to run man-to-man coverage, and we're just going to... Really gonna beat people up. It's really what the hope is at that point. Yeah. So I'm not upset about that pick. I'm a little mm-hmm. shocked at that pick, but at the same time, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. I, really, at all. Okay, give me. So like big name guys. Yeah. Sean Gary goes to Cincinnati at 11. Really, no quarterback, huh? Uh, DK Metcalf goes to Washington at 15. That's a great. That's a great signing for them. That's a great pick. If he goes at 15, that's that's value. Uh, TJ Hawkinson goes to Seattle at 21. That's a Seattle pick all day. Right long. before that, Greedy Williams goes to Pittsburgh at 20. Not shocking at all. They took Artie Burns in the first round a couple years ago out of Miami. Never one scratch your head. He's a starter now. And so. uh, Dexter Lawrence goes to the Chargers at. 28. Okay. Okay. Who would Green Bay take? Uh, they take Jonah Williams, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Wow. Okay. Really beefing up the O line then, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, that's that first yeah. round. Yeah, that's, I'm okay so far, right? Okay. I mean, like, because we have some sort of, you know, free agency, the first big period that's going to happen, mm-hmm. I wasn't really necessarily, sh- I was not expecting a pass rusher, but I wouldn't be upset. If they really feel like Ed Oliver is going to be an all-pro, then I'm not upset about it. So, uh, going into the second round, a bigger-name guy, Denver, 
picks yeah. uh, Devin Bush okay. out of Michigan at 41, two picks before us. Okay. Shut we guess Penn State corner round two? No. No. All right. We're actually, breaking the norm. We're, but we do pick a corner. Oh. We're picking Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson. He's uh, 6'1", 190. Okay. Yeah. Really? I'm surprised that they, they went away from now, the Penn State guy on that one. Now, here's where I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Because, you know, a big-name guy that you love hasn't yeah. been taken yet. Paris Campbell? Yeah. He has not been taken yet. Ooh, boy. But I will tell you, he does Ooh. get picked later in the second round. Ooh. Okay. Well, if they really liked him, then I'd be all for them trading back up. However, if you're doing that, you're going to basically, you got to give up your third this year and probably, mm-hmm. I don't think, I wouldn't say your second next year because that's quite a bit, yeah. but depending on where you're moving, because you have to move a lot of spots at that yeah. point. Um, well, I'm actually more just saying, like, instead of instead picking of him, Mullen, and so, would, yeah, I'd be totally for that. I'd be totally yeah. for him because, because he would still be because, on the board. Yes, there. because Amendola. Is a is a stopgap, right? So you sign this dude here. He's your number four. I know people really like Powell, but let's just say, for instance, that doesn't pan out. Which shocker! But they take Paris Campbell. You know what I mean? Do you then you can run four wide receiver sets? And as Amendola becomes more and more expendable, then by the end of the year, I almost want Paris Campbell to be the starter yeah. at that point. And then that's that connection with him and Stafford. And then two years from now, when you take Trevor Lawrence, yeah. and you're okay, you're okay with that yep. connection being a thing. I would be in huge favor of that to be a thing. At that so point. Detroit picks 43, and they yep. pick Mullen at Clem- yep. from Clemson. Okay. So at 50, Minnesota takes Paris Campbell. That sucks. Because, mm-hmm. Really, that isn't that surprises me, though, because they have Diggs and Thalen, who Thalen plays a lot in the slot. Mm-hmm. So that surprises me a little bit. Um, I have heard some things where maybe Diggs may want out of Minnesota, mm-hmm. but once again, that still doesn't solve the slot problem. And then, this is probably an awful time for you, because 51, right after Irv yeah. Smith Jr. goes to oh, Tennessee. Oh, really? Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's, so, yeah that was, if he was going to hope to be in the third. <laughs> uh, and that kind of rounds out anything big from the second round. Okay. Takeaways? Um... A little shocked that they go corner just based off the fact that based off what they did in free agency, you, you didn't address the tight end position yet. You mm-hmm. haven't addressed the wide receiver position yet. Um, makes I would almost, like I said, I totally hope that there's a trade or something to come in from, yeah. from them because I know they just re-signed Marcus Cooper to a corner. So maybe they maybe corner might not be on the board for them as high anymore. Um, I'd really like to see an offensive player there in the second round, though, mm-hmm. really, at that point. And then, so now we're going to the third round, mm-hmm. and the Lions have number 88. Yep. And they pick Joe Giles Harris, inside linebacker out of Duke. Okay, so you went defense, defense, defense. <sighs> yes. <sighs> you hit one of every level on defense. Yeah, basically. you did. But the problem with that is, once again, looking at this roster as it stands right now, you don't have another tight end, really. Mm-hmm. You got Michael Roberts, which is not not a thing. Yes. And then you don't have – you need wide receiver help. You needed – you really needed an offensive lineman, too, theoretically. Like, I'd have been perfectly okay they go – Best defensive player on the board at eight, then go offense, offense, whether that's mm-hmm. receiver, tight end, and then lineman, what have you. Because I feel like if you're going full Patriot way, you should be able to find an offensive lineman in the third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I'd almost, I'd rather have them have gone offense, second, third, and then go best player available the rest of the And round. I have one more interesting pick. Mm-hmm. So we go to the fourth round, and the Lions pick Clayton Thorson, quarterback out of Northwestern. 
the now that round. now that's not bad, and I and I, because here's the thing: you take a quarterback in the fourth round, you're not taking Jake Rudock in the sixth, right? Mm. You're not taking even a Brad Kaya in the sixth, but you're taking a guy who you think has legitimate upside. At that point, I'd almost rather see who's that really tall quarterback out of, like, Buffalo. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The really, really tall dude. I almost would like to see that because I feel like that dude has got a cannon. But I, I'm not upset about that, right? If, if knowing that's the way it goes, and I understand maybe they're not going offense for so two picks. So that quarterback that you're yeah. thinking of goes in the fifth round to Tampa Bay. Yeah, see, now that's a perfect example because that's a that's a Bruce Arians guy. Mm-hmm. Tall, strong arm, in the pocket, make the deep throw and go with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I'm not loving that draft, that that takeaway, just because, like I said, right now looking at this roster, you have a lot of holes in offense, and I get it. People say they want to play like Seattle, whatever. That's fine, but you're still going to have playmakers at mm-hmm. the end of the day, and you need to have depth and round out your positions. Jesse James is going to be a great addition to this team, but he's not truly a tight end one. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's a tight end 1B is what he is, really, at the end of the day. So it, you need some people behind that you need another wide receiver uh, to me like i said there's other position and an offensive lineman too so i feel like that you could have used those assets a little bit better compared to where your defense is at mm-hmm. right now like if you're looking at a madden score like your defense is like an 88 and then your offense is like in 82 yeah. right now if you're looking at it from that perspective so i feel like you address those needs on offense really round out your team give stafford the best chance to succeed the next two three years and let's go man mm-hmm. let's go make a run you know what i mean but like i said not terrible but i i feel like you can get better i think you can get better value there from yeah, my, from my opinion. Um, any thoughts on that mock draft at all anything at all i know you're super riveted that entire time but <laughs> It was wonderful. Yeah, you're Good ready. Good job, Weed. You're ready. You're ready for the. You're ready for the, the draft to be over. I know. It's okay. All right. Let's shift now from. Let's shift now from the NFL for a minute, and let's go to the squared circle. Fast lane just happened last weekend. Um, it was a show. Yep. If we're gonna call it that. Um, Right, may have been one, right? Just um, give me first off thoughts on the show as a whole. Anything that stuck out to you? I know Ween's got some hot takes. I'm sure Bruin and his mind already, but anything in particular that stood out to you about Fastlane? No. It was it kicked us off on the road to WrestleMania, right? No. No, nothing. No, no you're, not, you're not feeling anything. No. No emotion. No? It was like whatever. It yeah. was fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was really. But Shane McMahon turned heel. Okay, and and Kofi lost in a handicap match to the bar. Yeah. Okay. And, I was there. And I remember. And Mustafa Ali and and who was it? And Kevin, Daniel Bryan and Kevin, Kevin Owens in a triple, triple threat, threat, which was actually a pretty good match, I will say. But it was Mustafa Ali. He came back. Yeah. She's right. looking at. The, she's giving jazz hands. She's giving jazz hands for you guys who can't, who can't <laughs> see. see. This. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, fine. Mike. Same thing. Give me. Give me. Because clearly M was so positively raving about that, and I'm gonna hit the road WrestleMania in a second. But uh, give me. Give me your thoughts on the show. Uh, we watched it together. We kind of looked at each other the entire show and said we could have done something more productive. I feel like. But oh, we give, definitely could have. Give me. Give me your. Give me your thoughts on the show as a whole, and you know, uh, if you have a favorite match, to throw it out there. Okay. Well, the show as a whole, I thought was like a C. Yeah, we didn't really need it, but it kind of helped a little bit, I guess yeah. you could say. It kind of put more things into place than Elimination Chamber did. Yeah, but also you can't just throw everything in place at Elimination Chamber. So right. this is they just had a plan for this. Um, I really liked the Raw Triple Threat Tag Team Match. Yes. I think that was probably yep. 
with that in the WWE Championship, the most entertaining matches on the show. Yep. I think the Shield six-man tag match went way too long. Yeah. It just kind of dragged. And, it, it felt and like get, they were retiring. Didn't it feel like mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well... Well, you know, it was their last run together. Yeah, you know, whatever. But you know, but it won't be. But it's just like, you know, it like was. I get it. Dean's leaving, you know, and I feel like they're just trying to keep saying that to like make him feel guilty about him leaving. I almost think that they they're saying it so much to put in people's heads. So when he comes back, yeah, like he's actually not leaving now. Right. But like maybe he goes away for a couple months and comes, and back, comes back, and everyone's right. like, "Oh my god!" Like I thought he was, and like he's. I yeah. thought he was gone forever. Exactly. Yeah, he was gone. Long. He's supposed to sign with AEW. Or but uh, besides that, you? I didn't think. That, oh, the Fatal Four Way U.S. Title match was also probably. Uh, yeah, that wasn't bad. That wasn't, that wasn't bad. bad that was. Yeah. Um, besides that, everything else you could probably just look online and see what happened and move on with your life. <laughs> And um, we'll look at we'll look towards WrestleMania, I guess. Right. Well, that's another question, right? Did this show really get us on the path, right? Because we talked a couple of weeks ago where the Elimination Chamber used to be like the final show before mm-hmm. Mania, right? And I think we're all kind of in agreement. I prefer a longer build to yeah. Mania, you know, let five, six weeks instead of like four. Um, but with that being said, do we think that this pay-per-view helped... Not so much shape up the card, but yeah. more get us excited for Mania and what's going to be coming. Because I feel like this is a kind of a stopgap mm. time where it's like, okay, we're going to use this because we have it. But if we didn't, it, we still could have conveyed everything. Like, I don't think any of those matches necessarily, if you put them on a WrestleMania card, would ever be like, remember, you could put those all on SmackDown or Raw's mm-hmm. and been like, wow, that was a really good match for Raw. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it kept us on the path. Mm-hmm. It's not like a kickstart, though. Yeah. But the Royal Rumble's the kickstart. Right. But like I feel like we were veering off a little bit and mm-hmm. then Fastin was like, No, 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 no. Get, yeah, get back on yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this show did kinda was like the heel turn with Shane and then, you know, some of these title matches. Even yeah. though nothing really changed and or really happened on the show. Right. Now I'm looking at the card. Um, it kind of just was like kept us on a couple heel turns here and there, you know, a couple of guys added to matches and stuff to yeah. bring people like Mustafa Ali back yeah. and stuff. Just kind of kept us going, mm-hmm. and in four weeks, I guess we'll see how WrestleMania turns out. Right, I know. Really excited point. for Mania. And same question, right? Do you, do you think that this helped us get more hype for WrestleMania? Do you think it did its job, which is really lay a lot of the foundation for the rest of the feuds, besides like the top stuff, right, to kind of go, yeah, this is going to be a thing? Uh, because at the end of the day, when you look at it, it, it like, like Mike said, there wasn't a ton of really happening right like the charlotte becky match to me was the one that most infuriated me mm-hmm. just because like there was no point there was zero point to that match if you're just going to end it in a dq that's like a couple like this is about 10 years ago now the no way out match between randy orton and cena mm-hmm. where cena cash and he just slaps the ref yeah and i'm like that was like the worst cop-out thing ever it was yeah. just annoying it wasn't even get, didn't even get heat on orton it was just stupid right so, and question for you, are we on the road to WrestleMania officially? We're like, are we starting to get excited? Or could you, would you be feeling the exact same way without Fastlane? Yes, I would feel the same way. I'll say, that was two questions. I need you to tell Fastlane. me which one. Yeah. Without Fastlane. Okay. <laughs> I mean. Yes and yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like wrestling, but mm. I don't, didn't Got really. Yeah. The first WrestleMania I ever watched with you yeah. was horrid. Yeah, well. It was a small disaster. Last year's was okay. Yeah. So I'm excited in the fact that maybe this WrestleMania will be... Yeah, we get, we get a really good one every walk. about eight to ten years. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, a big point to make yeah. here, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm yeah, feeling okay? myself. Um, <laughs> I 
hate myself. Yeah. Um, so maybe if we just take fast lane out, mm-hmm. elimination chamber by itself this year mm-hmm. in particular. Do yeah. you think? Like, if we would have just said Elimination Chamber to WrestleMania, yeah. would that have been better? Or do we need a fast lane, do you think, to help us? No, I think I need Elimination... I could think we could easily just go Elimination Chamber to, to, Mania. to Mania. Just because the way I look at it is, the Chamber for me is very, like, like definite. With it, Mike, you okay? Yeah, I almost okay. died. Okay, yeah, don't, worry, don't, <laughs> don't die on me now. Don't, we're, we're shooting or everything. Don't... Don't die live on the air, but <laughs> no. After. I think you could. I think you could easily oh, get to where you want to be without fast lane. Like I said, I feel like every single one of those angles, you could have easily did better ratings for Raw mm-hmm. and SmackDown, building to Mania than you ever would have. Like with that, you know what I mean. Yeah. I feel like you easily could have done that, and like you're just over here, you're just you're going just... off the wild, you're going off the rails, man. I'm dying. Oh man. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, Mike is crying. I'm not sure why. He's really emotional about Fastly. Yeah, exactly. He's just so excited for WrestleMania. I just don't want to see Fastly go away. And I just can't wait for WrestleMania. I just want Kofi to win. This is crazy. Oh, Lord. You should submit this to him. I'm sure I'm like, biggest fan right here. Kofi, I'm here for you. Oh, boy, we're going off the rails. Okay. All right, let's let's move on from Fastlane. It was it was it was what it was. Like I said, I think you could have done better ratings for your weekly shows, and yeah. I don't think anybody would have really missed a beat. All right, let's shift now from the WWE though and Mania to Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor had a 17th anniversary show this past weekend, and well, it's a mixed bag for me. Right, mm-hmm. the, the, I really want to talk specifically about the main event, which was in the middle of the show. It was weird. Taven, Lethal, 60-minute draw for the title. Um, they've been building to this. This has been the hottest feud in Ring of Honor now since pretty much the beginning of the year and even before that, really. Yeah. Um, they've been really setting Taven up, I feel like, for a world title run here, which, in my opinion, is about time. However, as big a Taven fan as I am and Jay Lethal, mm-hmm. this match, to me, did not hit the mark for me. Because really? here's why, though. It's not so much it was a 60-minute draw, which at the time I was a little PO'd about. But seeing where they're going to go with the triple threat, with the ladder match with Marty, right? Mm. I get it. But that being said, man, there was a lot of dead parts in this 60 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like for as much grief that like Brett and Sean get at WrestleMania 12 for saying that was boring, this match was not like, oh my gosh, like every, you know. It was like one of those things where it made their finishers look weak. Yeah. And it did not... I don't feel like at long term, I think you could have achieved the same thing with like... I would have rather it been a double count out or a double knock, like where they both just are exhausted and they're just both laying in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Rather than 60 minutes and they both get up and they're like, well, I'm the champion. No, I'm the champion. And then, then, you know what I mean? Well, going back, I watched it um, this morning right before the show and I actually was way more invested into it. I think it was also because... It was super late. Yeah, and that's it was true like, too. Yeah, like we we're all just kind of like tired. trying to trying to because we had stuff to do the next day. Yeah, and we we're like, oh, I don't want to keep watching this. I just want to go to bed. But <laughs> yeah, like it kept wanna, going. Yeah, we just, just want to see what happened, and it, it never right. happened. But like when you just watch it and you actually had the time and you actually paid attention to it, the match. I was sitting there and I knew what was going to happen, and I was like, Oh my god! Like, so you think this is more of a second watch, like out of yeah. context, than it would be that it's, it's gonna, definitely it's gonna a age better. better with it's, time. it's definitely a better yeah. second watch mm-hmm. than a first. Even if the first watch was at like six yeah. instead of at eleven o'clock at night, okay. um, yeah, it would have been a better watch, I yeah. think. But I think it was just 
how we were feeling that day. Because right. when I went back to watch it, I was like on the edge of my seat almost the whole time. Really? Not the whole time. Yeah. There were definitely a lot of dead moments. Yeah. You can't compare it to like Kenny Okada. No, no, no. Like, That's not, yeah, no, you match. can't expect them to go but, balls to the wall the entire time. Yeah. But like I was quite invested through about, I would say about 40 minutes of the match. All right. And question for you, right? How did you think of the match? I know you were kind of in and out of your NCIS watching phase there that you mm-hmm. were but you could kind of you i could see you looking back and forth you know you posted a couple at times. the at the end of the day you are drawn to it like the rest of us are you can admit it that you're not but you are no, I like um wrestling. but that's 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 the second time you said that now i know okay. but you i feel like you're trying to make it sound like i don't like wrestling mm-hmm. no, i'm like not wrestling. saying you don't like wrestling i just think that you have a very low patience level for shenanigans yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> Which is why I originally, I mean, yeah. I, I at times am a larger Ring of Honor fan than I am a WWE fan because WWE tends to be More shenanigan-y. Yeah. But that's I a, felt like the 17th shirt. anniversary show was a little a little shenanigan-y. Yeah. And I was like, do I watch Abby Shudo or do I watch the shenanigans? Well, and that's and the I'm thing. Yeah. Right. Well, I, for me, like I said. That I, hour-long I, match was killer for me. But I also am a big baby and I like to be in bed by like... 9.30. So. <laughs> right. I, I think I think putting it in the middle of the show like that was weird, too. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just kind of like... That's why I didn't think that they were going to go that way. Because I'm like, okay, it's going to be something... I thought it would maybe be a shorter match. And then we, they, they do something at the end of the night. Something yeah. weird, right? It was a very weird way they set it up. It was timed poorly, the whole pay-per-view as a whole. You know, like, we still, we missed, I missed half the card. I went home, I went to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had to watch the rest of it the day after. So I want to like, say that they planned... And having more ha- happen after, I yeah. think the crowd was actually invested into it the first thirty. Yeah, and then I think they were changing on the fly. They were like, "Let's add to this." Yeah, it felt and then they, weird. Like, yes. And then they just kept adding to it. Yeah, because then like the thirty-five minute mark is when TKO and Vinny came yes. out. And then so you think that's gonna be it? Yeah. Then right. you scrap that match. And then another, and then five minutes after that, Jonathan Gresham comes outside, yep. and then they scrap that match. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "We're just gonna scrap these two matches, and we're gonna have this go sixty instead of." Just yeah, having the three, three matches. Yeah. I, just, I think they were like adding on on the fly, it felt like. Right, yeah. It was weird. To me, it was just one of those things where I was like, I don't know truly and also, what's happening. It's not a no DQ match, but yeah, we got tables, we got, we got ladders, ladders, we yeah, had chairs. It was a whole line. Yeah, like, come it, on. Like I said, it was finishers galore. Now, I'm not one of these, I'm not an old wrestling veteran, so I'm not going to say it in the old days, this. But at the same time, though, if you hit your finisher more than three times in a match and they're still kicking out, like I get it, it's for the world title, I understand, but let's add a little bit of legitimacy to their finish because if Jay Lethal hits Lethal Injection, most of the time that should be it. Second time, definitely should. Third time, he's dead, you know, if we're looking at it. You know what I mean? He's injected so, him. Yeah, exactly, but it's like you didn't get the full dose almost. Like, come on. So I, I did have a small issue with that and just the way, like I said, I give them credit, they went 60 minutes. You know, that's hard to do. The amount of endurance that they had to go to, the amount of planning, um, they really did push each other to the limit. You know, I think every time Taven and Lethal get in the, get in the ring together, I think great things happen, mm-hmm. whether it's for the TV title, for the world title. They've had great feuds throughout the years. Um, I'm really I'm really invested in the Supercard show now. We're obviously going to cover that in great detail when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um that's going to be it, guys, for episode 16. Now, please be aware that we're probably going to be dropping another quick hitter episode for March Madness. We're going to be doing some bracketology with the Merc Zone over here. And possibly Em might join us for that quick hitter if we can pay her enough money. Her contract. I based on colors. 
There you go. So, um, but yeah, definitely going to be hitting some bracketology coming up here in the next couple days. So please be on the lookout for that. If you missed any of our episodes, we are on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Podcast Attic. We're on all of our favorite streaming sites. Once again, are we are we doing bracketology already? You guys doing this? Stuff? No, I'm over here promoting the show. Her favorite color is maroon. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. She's going to be like is Loyola, the Chicago Loyola Maroon. Yeah. Oh, there you go. She's oh, going to win the, she's okay. going to win the title. Oh, Spoilers. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, all right, guys, that's going to be it for me for the Merc Zone, for the Brain. I am the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys as always next time. <laughs>